I'm not your guru. There's plenty of other people faking that status. I am a committed man willing to intentionally go to war with myself every day and share with you as I do it. These are the conversations I have with myself as I do the damn work today and along the way. So no, I'm not your guru, but I am down to be your guide. So let's ride. Men often lose their focus in their attempt to accomplish lofty goals. The obstacles bound up and the ambition begins to fade. Instead of locking in on inspiration as a reason to continue, they lock in on obstacles as a reason to stop, only to get comfortable again until they're ready to try again and the cycle continues. In this episode, you're going to hear how James Benefico, founder of Organic Muscle, used his mom's cancer diagnosis and hearing that she had six months to live as inspiration to start a uh, organic supplement company and go up against the competition, which is the chemical-laden supplement industry. In addition, James opens up about his obsessive personality, almost dying after taking a chemical-constructed pre-workout and his best friend's death that wrecked his life for a short amount of time. Through all the obstacles, James has pushed forward with the organic muscle mission of providing the cleanest, most beneficial supplements on earth. It ain't easy, but he's doing it. Enjoy this episode with James Benefico of Organic Muscle. All right, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Committed Man Podcast. I'm excited today. I'm here with my man, James Benefico. James, how you feeling, man? Feeling great. It's so good to be here. Thank you, Donovan. I love the matching hats. Represent. Yeah, yeah we're right today. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even. We did not script this for sure. We did, we did not. not. I promise. Promise. Yeah. Well, we're gonna. You know, speaking of the hat, organic muscle. We're gonna talk more about that because the reason I'm wearing this hat because I really believe in organic muscle, and that's it's a a, a labor of your love. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But cool. Let's start by man. I'm I'm interested. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of back history. Like you and I met a few months ago um, at the Empowered Brotherhood. Yep. You you came there as, you know, you were sharing some of your supplements there at one of the workouts. And mm-hmm. you and I kind of connected around some uh, personal growth stuff that we started talking yeah. about. And I'll start talking about, you know, the no alcohol, no caffeine. And you talked a little bit about your journey of that on that. So. Uh, mm-hmm. since then, I mean, I feel like we, we've hit it off nice. We've had a few mm-hmm. events that we've seen each other at, and I came out and supported your last event out at the, uh, uh what was it? That the, was uh, Swift. Yeah. Swift the Swift events. event. Yes. Yeah. So I, was, I, I knew I wanted to get you on the podcast and hear, have people hear about the story of organic muscle, but more so learn about you as a man, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of commitment you've had to apply in your life. And so I want to learn more about that also selfishly. So that's why I have you here. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's start, man. So what, tell me a little bit about like growing up, like what kind of things had your interest as you were you growing up as a kid through your like elementary and teenage years? <laughs> so I was very obsessive about things growing up. I had quite a few different phases where I would be totally obsessed about a random different topic, but that's to this day, it's kind of how I am. When I get into something, I get really into it. And I think that's a good way to learn. But like I had a phase where I was obsessed with octopi or octopuses. I mean, there was a phase about 
history. There was a phase where I remembered all the presidents and I could name all the presidents and the vice presidents. So I was just like, and then I wanted to be a rapper and I was obsessed with that. So lots of phases, Mm. but uh, gradually I found my purpose later in life, which was nutrition, fitness, you know, personal development, which is kind of a, a never ending rabbit hole to go down. For sure. (laughs) What do you, so what do you think brought on that kind of obsessive nature? And I don't even think of it as a negative at all, but what do you think brought that on? Can you remember the first time you felt like, man, I'm really into this thing? Hmm. That's a great question. I, I can't pinpoint an original experience, but I think it's just in my nature. And uh, I know some other people who are similar that when they do something, they do it all the way. Like when they're, when they're interested in a topic, they read or learn everything they can about it. So now the interesting thing is some people, they're interesting, interested in things that aren't necessarily productive. So it's really good to have an alignment of something you're passionate about and something that mm. is purposeful. For instance, uh, there was a phase where I was really into video games. And while I do think I did learn some things from that, I wasted a tremendous amount Mm -hmm. of time playing video games when I was younger. And sometimes I think, you know, if I had applied that, that obsession to something more positive, it could have had a really positive impact on my life. But, you know, hindsight's 2020, no, no hard feelings. Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk a little bit about this obsession. I had some shorts on today. They, they say obsession on the side of it because I, I do believe it's a valuable trait. If you have a healthy ego attached to why you're obsessed about the thing, like you said, you're aligned with something that mm-hmm. um, helps you be the greatest version of yourself or adds a lot of value to the world. So yeah, yeah. What, what are, what are your thoughts on obsession? Let's let you ramble on that. Yeah. That's a great point about it being a healthy relationship. And um, for instance, with bodybuilding, I think a really great obsession for men to have a really positive influence is an obsession with physical fitness. And I think we both share that. And um, it's, it's kind of a, a healthy addiction. Now it can go overboard. Uh, you'll see in bodybuilding, some of these sports where it goes from obsession to narcissism and where also people will adopt unhealthy habits in order to fuel a kind of uh, narcissistic view of their body. And it becomes very uh, shallow. But for me, fitness is, I would say a healthy mindset around fitness would be making the most of this vessel that we find ourselves in making it the healthiest, Mm -hmm. the most aesthetic for me, you know, I believe in God of, whatever you want to call it, the universe, but we've been given this gift of life and it's a great, it's a beautiful gift and making our physical vessel as, as beautiful and healthy as possible is kind of paying respect to the almighty in a way. Now, if you're, um, if it comes to, if it devolves into vanity or, or other things that, you know, there life is about balance too. So you got to be obsessed, but also be balanced. If that's an oxymoron, it might be. Yeah, <laughs> it could be right. Uh, all right. So you, you, you kind of 
grow through this obsessive nature and you go from topic to topic, thing to thing as you're growing up. And then um, eventually you end up to the, at the point where you're going to, you're going to start your own business. But there was, there's a reason you ended up starting your business and you told me the story and I don't know if I've heard the whole thing or not, but the part you told me is very fascinating where Mm -hmm. your mom actually went through some challenges um, and ended up going through cancer. So can you share that story about your, your mom going through cancer? And then what was the defining moment where you were like, all right, something's wrong with this whole industry and I want to do something about it. Sure. Yeah. So I'm very close with my family. My mom and I are super tight. And what was it? Eight or nine years back, she was diagnosed with a mild form of cancer, if there is such a thing, but it was a mild form of cancer. And she started, this is a type of cancer you could supposedly live with for 30 years without getting like medical intervention. So it's very mild, but her doctors told her she should get chemo and nip it in the bud. So that's what she did. She started getting chemo within a few months. It had morphed into an extremely severe form of called large B large B cell lymphoma. And the prognosis was very dim. They gave her like six months to live at one point. So I was in the hospital with her. It was very emotional and hard. She had lost all of her hair her eyebrows. She had lost so much weight. Um, it was, it was terrible. I'm sitting in the the hospital with her and the nurse came in with her dinner and it was a hot dog and soda and like some crackers. And I just remember thinking this, this seems like a terrible idea. I'm not a nutritionist or anything. I was young at this point, but intuitively I'm like, this does not seem right. This per my mom and any cancer patient needs the highest quality nutrition possible. Later on, I learned cancer thrives on sugar and things like that. So I brought it up to her doctor when he came in and I was like, Hey, can we feed her something healthier? This is like garbage. We're feeding her. And the doctor replied to me, swear to God, I think about this all the time. He goes, it doesn't matter what they eat. And just the disdain and the way he said it, they, what they eat, like she's like, she's a dog, you know? And Mm. the, the level of ignorance of, I mean, in medical school, they don't learn about nutrition. I think they spend like one day learning about nutrition. And I believe the doctor probably does feel like he was helping, like he knew his stuff, but the oversight of the aspect of nutrition and lifestyle is staggering in Western medicine. It's disturbing. It's really disturbing. This is at a Ivy league oncology department. So considered an elite oncology department, complete ignorance of nutrition. And by the way, this doctor was also very overweight. He had terrible acne and um, it's interesting that we have people who are so unhealthy deciding the life or death of, mm. of medical patients. So um, the, the, uh, the chemo and radiation didn't end up working. So my mom tried an emergency experimental stem cell transplant and the prognosis for those, like you either, it either saves you 
or you pass pretty quickly. So like within a, a few months, I believe 50% of stem cell transplant patients die. Miraculously, my mom survived and it was a miracle. So mm. uh, incredibly grateful. She's still here. She has a lot still of here. issues from it because stem cell yeah. transplants, you're basically your whole immune system regrows with your donor cells. So all of her cells are from another human being now. What? This can cause a civil war in the body between the old, the older remnants, the older uh, biology, and the new, the new donor cells. So um, she has a lot of issues to this day, but uh, that experience totally changed my life when I saw firsthand. I don't know if I want to say the corruption, but the ignorance in the medical industry. Hmm, man, that is that is such a powerful story. And for you to share it from that that firsthand perspective, um, that insight, anybody listening to this has to uh, probably gain a different perspective on what is really happening with uh, the state of our nutrition when Mm -hmm. you see a cancer patient being fed hot dogs and soda um, by an overweight doctor who says it doesn't matter what they eat. Yeah. Like there, the there, thing, there's a, there's an issue with that. For sure. And the, the other thing about it is it takes all of the agency away from the patient in terms of it, from his perspective, it's kind of the luck of the draw. You either get cancer, or you don't, there's not, there's nothing you could do about it. But from my perspective, after studying this in depth, you very much in control if you, if you could live a clean lifestyle, eat healthy, move, get sunlight, do a lot of these things and avoid a lot of the toxins that are in the water and the food supply, environmental toxins, you have a ton of agency over whether you get sick. I don't think, I think you could completely avo- avoid it, even if you have a genetic predisposition for it. Sure. So they're taking the agency away from yeah, I mean, the, the government guidance on nutrition, all the, it takes the agency away from us in controlling our health destiny. Mm, this is really powerful. So, all right. So that moment did something to you and it mm-hmm. um, internally there was something that changed and you said, I have to, I have to do something about this. And so what was it like? What did, what did you know you needed to do? Well, the first step, I was overweight at this time. I grew up eating like Italians in the Northeast. We loved to eat. We're eating pizza and sandwiches. And like we would, it was uh, considered a badge of honor to kind of, they called me the Gabon, which means like, it means someone who is kind of a slob because they eat so much. And I I thought I wore it as a badge of honor when I was younger. Mm. I was overweight. I was drinking a lot in college had a gynecomastia which is man boobs you know yeah so i had my own my own battle with (laughs) with nutrition and it was eye-opening what happened with my mom because it made me really look in the mirror about my own health so that started the journey i started getting in the gym more watching what i was eating and during that process i started taking pre-workout supplements and uh, I'm sure many of you can relate. Pre-workouts can be pretty, can be a pretty wild experience. So I had a, one particular experience. I got so sick taking a very popular pre-workout 
that I almost called 911. I thought I was dying, felt like my throat was closing, heart beating irregularly. And it was actually really terrifying, but it was an eye-opening experience. <laughs> and I basically, after I was like, I would really love to use a healthy pre-workout that's nutritious and doesn't make me feel like I just smoked some crack. So I went looking for one and I couldn't find any mm. on the market eight years ago. So I was like, I'd really love to use a healthy pre-workout. I know a lot of people would. Might as well make it myself. Make it yourself. So that started the journey. And that's this yeah. where we lead into organic muscle. And so was that the first product that you got to work creating? It was the, the pre-workout? Yeah, yeah, that's what that was our initial product. And to this day, it's by far best-selling product. And this is the world's first organic. Truly yeah, organic we were the first ever to get. We were the first ever to create a certified organic USDA organic pre workout. So it was quite the. I was like this kid trying to figure out how to do this from scratch with no experience. So, quite the personal development <laughs> exercise. You want mm. if you want to uh, if you want some real personal development, start a business when you have no idea what you're doing. You'll learn. You'll learn some stuff quickly. No doubt. And I, you know what? I think that's a, the case for a lot of people who are successful in business now. They can go back and tell you that story. Like, you know, I just had this idea and I'm like, I threw myself into it. I feel like it's sometimes the best way to go because you don't know what really what the next step is or what obstacles you're going to face. You just, you're just passionate about, I'm going to make this work somehow. And then you Baptism start bumping your head on the wall. Yeah. 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 Um, but if you knew all those steps, if you knew all those things ahead of time, it'd be a reason to say, oh, you know what? I'm not doing that, which, you know, a lot of people do because they know too much. So I think yeah. the ignorance sometimes is great in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it also speeds up the learning curve. Like when you're just learning something and you're, okay, I'm going to start this project when I know everything or when I'm ready, you're never really ready. And you just learn at such a slower pace than when you're you've got some skin on the tits. What's the, what's the saying? Skin in the game, skin, skin in the game. In the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause by that time you've already started, right? So now you're trying to build this thing as it's rolling. Like you're rolling down yeah, here trying I'm to like, like make this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So cool, man. So how long did it take you to create this pre-workout and say, all right, this is ready. Let's send it to market. I think it took about eight to 10 months from like, starting the process to having a product yeah almost and a year was there any point along the way where you're like oh, i don't know about this man i maybe should have picked something else to do yeah when or, i had or, to, or were you committed to it i was committed but like the first time you pay for inventory you know it's like <laughs> i've never i'd never spent over a thousand dollars in my life you know i was 23 just making student loan payments or whatever, but you got to shell out like 50 or a hundred grand for inventory. You're like, Oh my goodness, this is scary. <laughs> but mm. it kind of was like a, an initiation, like a really putting your money where your mouth is like, all right, I think this is an amazing vision. I think it could change the world in a, a small positive way. Do you, do you have, are you ready to, put your money where your mouth is. So that was, that was quite the experience. And I think a lot of new entrepreneurs, they can, that could be overwhelming when it's time to invest. 
So we've talked about two things, right? Two key words, right? Obsession and commitment. Yeah. For you, do you think those things are interlinked? They're connected in your life? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, like we said, uh, with a with a positive obsession, you that a positive obsession is in alignment with the future you want to create for yourself, and it's not it's not a walk in the park. It takes commitment. It you, the biggest thing in entrepreneurship is dealing with failure and dealing with difficult situations, uncomfortable situations constantly every day, every single day I encounter a situation that makes me extremely uncomfortable (laughs) Mm. and you can either give up and run away or you can push through. And and what's the main reason that you push through? Because I care about what I do. I, this is, I'm very fortunate to feel like I have a purpose in life, you know, bringing organic nutrition, bringing clean ingredients to the fitness and supplement space. So I, I'm in alignment with that and it, that drives me. And then of course there's, there's a, there's a profit motive. There's a motive for paying my employees, you know, that's, that puts a, that puts a fire under you having employees mm. to pay. Yeah. You can't fail. Failure is not an option, you know, unless you want your employees to not get paid and potentially not feed their families or whatever. So. Yeah. That's a little, that's some inspiration right there. So tell me when we talk about this obsession and commitment being linked in your life, obviously that gets you through some challenges. What would you consider to be the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome as a man coming through all this, like from your teenage years to this, what your mom went through to the entrepreneurship, like there's probably some challenges in there that we haven't talked about. What what do you consider to be the biggest challenge you've made it through as a man? Hands down, it was the be- the death of my best friend. Mm. Yeah, hands down, that that destroyed me, and I had to rebuild myself from scratch. You know, but um, mm. tell you what, you learn a lot about yourself when you deal with grief that close to home, and you also appreciate like love more you appreciate people more like losing someone that close to you. Grief in a weird way is one of the most beautiful things in the world because Mm. it is like the deepest you'll ever appreciate a relationship you had with someone. It's impossible to appreciate it that much when they're still here. You can appreciate a relationship tremendously, but it's on a whole nother level when someone dies because you go over every memory, every of, every event in depth and you treasure it. So I learned a lot about grief. I learned a lot about, so through this process as well, I had to manage the business without, you know, my best friend, he's my business partner. We work together every single day, every day we're hitting the gym working. Mm. So I was also losing my right hand man. So I had to figure out a way 
to continue managing the business with twice the responsibility while my heart was totally broken. So it was, uh, it was quite the, quite the journey, but I'm a totally different person now. Yeah. And I can feel this from you. I know we won't get into the whole story, but you shared with me and I was like, this is definitely something that will, that would change a man. It either breaks you or you, you grow from it and, or you, Mm -hmm. or both. And it sounds like you had both sides. So you got to feel the breakage of it all and then grew from it tremendously. And I can just feel, I could feel that when you shared the story with me now, um, this is, it was fairly recently, right? I'm not going to get into the whole story, but this is how recent is this in your life? One year and one month. One year, one month. So yeah, Yeah. it's fresh. Um, And how do you feel like you've grown from that as a man just in that short amount of time? Oh, there's a few ways. I'm a much more compassionate, loving guy. I believe, I mean, I've, I, I was uh, more selfish before, I think. Um, it made me treasure time more. I can see clearly how valuable time is. What a more than money, more than anything, time is the most valuable resource. I mean, what I could do to get back just an hour with my friend. And then it made me think a lot about all the time I've wasted in my life. You know, we spoke about video games earlier, thought a lot about time I wasted partying, chasing girls, playing video games. I had some great experiences, but in in hindsight, I wish I spent more time with my family, with my loved ones, and working on my business, developing myself, you know? So that was a major one, is my appreciation of respect for time changed dramatically. It also, uh, you sweat the, the small things a little less when you deal with something big or with a big tragedy. You, it makes you, your skin a little thicker when it comes to the day, day in, day out stresses of life. I've noticed that. And uh, yeah, those are a few of them. Um. Those are big, and I appreciate you sharing. I know that's that's, that's tough. It's still kind of a a fresh thing. Um, a year, it only seems I can only imagine, but it feels like a very short amount of time with something yeah. as uh, as traumatic as that. So, um, but now that you've grown from that, you know you've you've rebounded. Your uh, business is doing well. What is your vision for organic muscle? I think we have a tremendous opportunity to to become one of the larger supplement companies in the country. If you look at the trajectory of organic consumption, every year it grows. More and more people are waking up to the fact that, unfortunately, our food supply is extremely corrupted and borderline poisonous, many many of the products you find in the grocery store. And this is exemplified by our skyrocketing rates of cancer and a host of diabetes, obesity, a host of diseases. So we have carved out an amazing niche for ourselves, being like the predominant company offering certified organic 
fitness supplements that don't have glyphosates and nicotinoids and a lot of these pesticides that are designed to kill mm-hmm. pests and wreak absolute havoc on human endocrine and nervous systems. So I'm, I feel very blessed to be in this position and I just, it's getting the word out. My plan is to bring on partnerships with some amazing big time influencers to continue spreading the word, continue growing, continue releasing new products. We're releasing the first ever certified organic Tonkatali in a couple of weeks. So yeah, a yeah. big direction for the company is yeah, putting yeah. out. Yeah, let's go. So Tonkat's like the best, most well-studied herb for testosterone production. Many studies show its its efficacy, but I'm really interested in going down, going in that direction for releasing really high quality, natural testosterone boosting products to help people because to be honest, we kind of have a, a chronic testosterone issue in this country. Testosterone levels have plummeted in the last 50 years. I mean, look, look at the graph. It's, it's staggering. It's staggering. Sure. And I believe a lot of that has to do with the pesticides. A lot of it has to do with obesity. A lot of it has to do with screen time. Uh, lack of nutrition, soil depletion. There's many factors, but with the message we're promoting and the products we're putting out, we can help address the problem. Y'all are doing amazing work, man. Amazing Thanks. work. And why, why do you feel more companies, especially in the supplement industry, don't lean toward this? Let me find the cleanest products I can give the people who are going to be taking these things. Like, why? It seems like it. Is it a harder way to do things? Is it, does it take more legwork? Do you, why don't more companies do it? It's harder and more expensive. It's way more expensive. I would wager that we pay 10 X to create, to produce our pre-workout than one of what other pre-workouts. Mm. So their margins are insane, insane margins for most supplements. Ours are like, our margins aren't great. I'll be honest with you, but we offer a pretty competitive price, but our stuff is a lot more expensive. And our prices went up quite a bit since COVID with the supply chain disruptions. Sure. So uh, it's harder in in many facets, but it's also like people love our stuff. (laughs) For for the right people, it's, uh, it's a beautiful match. And I don't really do it for the money. Like I have messages, my inbox is full of messages of people. I've heard miraculous stories, truly miraculous people who, I don't know if I could say this, is Big Pharma going to come after me if I make some claims about our, <laughs> I'll just say I've heard miraculous I mean, things, miraculous okay. things. Yeah. I mean, the, look, anybody listening to this, all you need to do is go follow Organic Muscle online, right? Uh, inst- on Instagram, follow Organic Muscle um, they're posting great stuff every day and, uh, you'll see other people who are leaving comments and that'll start to give you your testimonials right there. But I believe, I believe that, uh, with what you're doing, with the passion that you have behind this work that you're doing, uh, that your story is going to start to be told a lot more. I think this is, uh, you're in the beginning stages, right? And you still have already made a big footprint. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you won't have to say, you won't have to worry about saying much on a podcast because it's going to be all over the place. And I want to do my part to make sure that that's the case. 
So thank you, Dean. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um, so let me quite the journey. For sure. Um, And so what about in your your personal life? Give me some insight there. Like, what do you see? I know you're you're on a constant personal growth journey. What are the things that interest you outside of organic muscle, outside of your work? Um, what has your attention? I love music. I've always been super into music. I grew up playing the saxophone. So in high school, I was captain of the football team and captain of the jazz band. So I was multidimensional, I Dang, guess you could okay. say. Yeah. And uh, I used to get a lot of crap from the football team and my coaches for being in the band borderline like, serious shame. And the funny thing is, even though I'm an athletic guy, I was much better at music than uh, football. And I really let the peer pressure get to me. And I regret that because um, I love music. And I think I could have, if I didn't do this, I would be some kind of musician. I believe mm. I'm really passionate about it. So I spend a lot of my time listening to music. I love going to see shows and things like that. And then um, I like really like studying personal development, spirituality, things like that. Uh, it's It really helped me get through the passing of my friend. And it's helped me grow a lot through the years. So my personal life. And then, you know, hanging out with my friends sometimes, going to Barton Springs. Um Fortunately, a lot of my friends are involved in the fitness scene, so I can kind of align my personal life with my professional, which is a real blessing. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So are you starting to get to the point where you feel like you're going to start playing some music as like picking that hobby back up, even if it's just something you do for yourself? I would love to. I need to. I need to, yeah. I'm like going ham on organic muscle right now, but I yeah, honestly yeah. think it would be a really great meditative thing to mm. do. Um, I honestly, what the, the fear of, the fear I have being fully transparent is that I feel like I'm going to suck coming back after all these years. And I don't want to. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well said. So. Yeah. <laughs> So one of one of the committed man pillars is amazing adventure, right? And part of amazing adventure, one of the components is uh, happy hobbies. And it's remembering these things that we love to do when we were a kid that we gave up because we got so busy adulting or they were society out of us based on like what you said, right? Mm-hmm. And picking those things back up, just not worrying about how good we are at it or what somebody else might think of it. But because there was something it did for us that when you bring it back, it gives you this feeling of, man, I've been missing this. And so for me, I'll give you an example for me the other day, when I put that spoken word piece out online, I remembered like, I love writing poems and spoken word. I've been doing that stuff since I was a kid, but there's these long, long periods of time where I just didn't do it because I'm so busy, like, you know, creating this life or, you know, taking care of the family or doing whatever's next, you know, which is fine, but happy hobbies are part of the things that fuel us. They create this fulfillment in life. So I challenge you not to worry about what it's going to sound like. Just play that first note, man, and and enjoy it. I just wrote it down on my to-do list. I'm going to start playing. You have my word. 
Awesome. Thank man. you. Thank Love you that. for the inspiration. For sure, man. For sure. Well, look, I appreciate your time. I feel like we could talk for hours. And I think um, as life evolves and as organic muscle evolves and as you evolve, I want to get you back on and, and catch up. But before you go, one thing I want to know is what does it mean to you to be a committed man? Being a committed man to me means getting clear on your values and your goals and working every day to progress towards those goals and embody those values. It also involves sacrifice. Being a committed man, there's a friend of mine posted recently, said even more important than your to-do list is your to-don't list. Mm. So getting really clear on what's not in alignment and not doing that stuff. <laughs> and we all make mistakes, but part of being a committed man is getting back on the horse after and getting really clear. So I think a few of those things embody a committed man. Love that, man. I appreciate that. And uh, keep doing the amazing work you're doing with Organic Muscle. When times get challenging, just know that you are changing lives. Go back to that inbox and just read those things because um, you're really on to something that the industry needs. And it takes a big man with a lot of courage to step in and say, I'm going to do this different than everybody else. Like We won't have the margins. It's going to cost us a lot more money. We're going to have to talk to a lot more people in order to get these certifications. But I'm willing to do it because the, what I need isn't out there, so I'm just going to create it. And uh, you're the man in the arena. So I honor you. I appreciate you. I acknowledge you. I see you. And uh, just keep that going, man. Thank you, Donovan. I really, really appreciate that. And thank you for having me on, man. Right back at you, dude. You're an ins- inspiration to me. Seriously. You're, you're a great that, guy. Man. And like what you're doing is amazing. So keep it up. I appreciate you. Anybody listening to this, make sure you go follow all the links in the description below. But anytime you search organic muscle, uh, you're going to find all the best supplements that uh, you can find in this world. And the product line is just getting bigger. So, James, appreciate you. And everybody, we'll see you on the next episode.